Hello and welcome to In Bed with Neil Moody. I'm Neil Moody, editorial hairstylist, YouTuber, Instagrammer, etc, etc. And throughout my 25-year career in the fashion and beauty industry so far, I've been lucky enough to have met and worked with some amazing and talented people. With my In Bed with Neil Moody podcast series, I'm interviewing some of my long-term friends and work colleagues who are entrepreneurial and also think outside of the box, giving you an insight into their world, what they're up to and where they're going next. My guest on this episode was born in Bath and is a stylist, author, editor and mother of two, Bay Garnet. Bay studied art history and modern history at the University of Exeter, gaining her first work experience in Venice and New York. In the 90s, Bay co-launched the New York version of underground anti-fashion magazine Cheap Date, which began in London. The magazine was completely based around thrift store clothing, or second-hand clothing as it was then known in the UK. She went on to become a contributing fashion editor to British Vogue in the 2000s and has consulted on many big fashion brands, bringing to them her unique fashion sense. Her thrift store style has won her the unofficial title of the Queen of Thrift, and currently she is contributing fashion editor to the UK Weekly and award-winning supplement ES magazine. Bay also currently stars the Oxfam Fashion Show, which is the UK charity whose commitment is to fighting poverty. I met Bay in her West London home to talk all things thrift and fashion and what she's up to next. Hi Bay, how are you? Hi Neil, yeah great, <laughs> lovely to lovely be to, here with yeah, you. Yeah, lovely to see you in your home in Shepherd's Bush. Finally. I know. <laughs> You've been here a long time haven't you? Yeah, a scarily long time. Yeah. yeah. Feels like five but it's probably 15. Wow. Yeah. No, in no. this house? No, in this house eight years but yeah. just down the road before that. So right. yeah, a long time. So where did you grow up? I actually was born in Bath and I grew up in Gloucestershire till I was nine and then my mum and dad moved to Somerset. I went to boarding school when I was quite young mm. um, where I was actually not very happy. Um, it was quite a shock because it was kind of very old-fashioned so there was no phones or anything like that so it was a real came as a real shock, <laughs> sad shock. Did you um, feel cut off? Yeah, massively cut off. I just was very, very homesick. Mm. That was that. And then I went to day school, actually, in London when I was 14. Mm. And my mum was like, right, that's enough of that. And both my sisters went went to day school in London. They both got into quite a good... They were both quite academic. They got into a really good day school. I went to a less good day school. (laughs) um, Were you academic, would you say? No, I would not say I was academic. I was quite good at certain things, Mm. but I was not... Like, no, you wouldn't, I know I would not. A teacher would, if I said that, someone would be like, you liar! I remember you, you were not Because your mum was a journalist, wasn't she? Yeah, my mum was a journalist. My mum actually grew up in Northern Ireland in a very remote place called Arbo, and she bought Vogue, and they didn't have phones or anything. My mum bought Vogue, and she just did a talent contest where you write an article, and... She sent it in and she won it, but they couldn't get hold of her okay. because there was no phone where she lived. Yeah. And in the end, they had to send a telegram. And then she came over when she was 20 to be features editor at Vogue. So oh. it was quite a shock for her coming from very like rural Ireland. Yeah. And then she worked for Dana Freeland um, oh, no. for American Vogue. Oh. So she had quite an amazing time. She was the first person to interview Bob Dylan. 
she interviewed John Lennon. Her scrapbook is really amazing, God, actually. I yeah, imagine. she Barbara Streisand. I mean, low, everybody from the sixties. Yeah, and she wrote the book, didn't she? Uh, the Vogue Book of Fashion Photography. Yes. Which yeah. we, when I was grow when she when I was growing up in the seventies, you know, she was she always worked very hard as well. She had columns. She was you know she was a successful writer. Mm. She is a successful. She's got actually a book coming out next month. But I definitely grew up with those images. Barbara Keane, what's her name? The women we wanted to look like. All those 70s images because she would be doing her research with all those books at hand and she had a library, you know, because she was writing that book. And so, you know, when that book came out, I suppose in 78, you know, I've got the copy that she gave me from that time signed to me and it was always a massive source of inspiration, really. Did you feel pressure because of your mum being so successful or not really? not at all I mean right. never felt like my mum was that successful I right. think sometimes your mum you know, your mum's just your mum do you know what I mean yeah. she never she yeah and you see someone and well like no I, I didn't feel like that mm. and what about your dad what did he do my dad was an engineer mm. and he basically was passionate about education and he set up a thing called multi-a he was he was he was wonderful actually he was very kind and very modest, and uh, he was yeah he was an, he was smart mm. and lovely and yeah he probably he was an engineer mm. and he developed a thing called the cat which basically located buried cables underground. Oh wow! Yeah, he was he was cool. He yeah. was he was yeah, yeah. very different from my mum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think he always wished that one of us would be like an astrophysic. You know what are you studying. <laughs> Physics, chemistry, you know, yeah. we're all like, yeah, English, you know, art's my favourite subject. <laughs> you know, a bit, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I just yeah. need to be a chemical engineer. Because <laughs> you studied art history and modern history, is that right? At the I University did. of I did, Exeter. Exactly. Yeah. And my sisters were quite academic. My sister did medieval history at King's Cambridge, and my other sister did English. You know, they, it was, a, my sisters went, you know, they went, they were much more. I did go to university and do that, but I don't know. It feels a bit like, oh, did I? <laughs> but yeah, anyway, yeah. I feel like I felt like I kind of had to because that's what the process was. But actually, I wasn't suited to it. Do you feel like you weren't the perfect student? No, I just wasn't. Mm. Not yeah. because I was brilliantly rebellious. Yeah, you know, I was like just not very. I just wasn't very passionate. I don't know. I think it's also that I don't have great teachers looking back. Mm, you mm. hear my sister, well, it's not to talk about her, but she mm. was, you know, she'd been expelled and her teacher, then she went to this other school where she had this incredible teacher that basically changed her life. Right. And changed a friend of hers life and made them really into learning. I mean, you know, you hear these stories, basically. I didn't have that in my life. And I don't mean to sound hard done by, but it makes you, when you hear about people who did have that, who did have that, it makes you understand the power of an, of an amazing teacher and no, what that absolutely. can do, right? Yeah, yeah. Do you know, it's funny because when I was at school, I remember going to see my careers advisor and they said, what do you want to do? And I said, I wanted to be a journalist. And my English teacher and I were not, we didn't really get on that well. And she was never a big fan of my sister. So I got kind of tainted with the same brush. And... It's interesting because she persuaded my careers advisor to not let me pursue my chosen career of journalism. That's awful. Yeah. And looking back, I feel the same. It's a bit like, were all the teachers as great as they should be? No, I don't think they were. That's a horrible story. Yeah. Also, it's quite active. 
Yeah. You know, she actively went and dis. You know, that's quite. She basically said there is no way Neil will ever be a journalist. But that's but that's that's a, that's not fair. I mean, that's also it's quite a it's a really irresponsible and very destructive thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. No. You can't totally. say that about somebody that what no. they cannot be. No. If that's what they want. And I actually wanted to be a hairdresser because I thought it was the most rebellious thing I could do against. Really. Yeah. Her. Saying that, you know what I mean? I remember saying, I remember thinking, what can I do to piss everyone off? <laughs> and did it piss your parents off? Oh, my, yeah. My dad wasn't overly happy. My mum was okay because she's more the creative one anyway. In, in out so of my good. parents. You're so good at her as well. Oh, now. bless you. Thanks, you are. But yeah, I, my dad wasn't so keen. He wanted me to, because I was quite academic. Were I was you? good. Yeah, were you? yeah. But I, I What said, were you good at in particular? Do you remember? English and maths. I was really good at, yeah, very mathematical, which is interesting now because hairdressing is quite mathematical. It certainly is. Mm. When I see, you know, it's very precision-based. Yeah. If you're doing, depends what do you're doing, obviously, but mm. if you're doing something quite intricate and yeah. technical, it's, it's yeah. de- I mean, I couldn't do it mm. for love or money. Yeah. It's, no, I, totally. It, it's got mathematical elements to it, for sure. So, and I was very good numerically, I know that. But, that's um, so cool, Neil. See, it's funny what you don't know about people. I didn't know that about you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, on the other hand, was not very. But then you ended up, didn't you, when you left university, you went to work for the Peggy Guggenheim collection in Venice? I did. Weirdly. How did that happen? Do you know how that happened? My dad, Peggy Guggenheim, was my sister's godmother. Right. My dad used to go out with Peggy's daughter, called Peggine, right. in the 60s. And I think they were really close. And then Peggine, they split up, but they remained very close friends. Peggine killed herself, oh. tragically. And I think that it drew Peggy and my dad quite close together, because my yeah. dad had been close to Peggine. Mm-hmm. And so my parents had their honeymoon on the Grand Canal. Oh, wow. Yeah, Peggy's, you know, which is now the museum so I was my dad took me to Venice and my dad went my dad was I was quite shy my dad went to the man who ran it and said they took in turns and my dad said and I was doing history. and actually my art history teacher at university was good that's not true Sam mm-hmm. Smiles he was a, he was a, he was a really good lecturer my dad said look my I'd love to introduce, introduce you to my daughter Bay and this would be this would be an amazing place to do an internship and then my dad got the book Peggy Guggenheim's biography and it mentioned talks about coming to stay with my parents. And my mm. dad was like, look, go on it. Page <laughs> one, two, one. And the guy was like, okay. Anyway, I applied for it. And I, a bit of nepotism. And I got it. I got the internship. And it was amazing. Mm. So I lived in Venice for four or five months. Oh, cool. Didn't learn a word of Italian. But yeah, so I did mm. do that. And then, yeah, that was great. gorgeous food. <laughs> they had an affair with um, an amazing yeah. guy, linguist. <laughs> oh, that was amazing. So when did you move to New York? So I moved to New York in 96. Right. Yeah, and I worked, I was an assistant. And yeah. I, I was an assistant. We went the same time. You know, that's yeah, the year did, I went. We did, yeah. We? yeah. Yeah. 1996. Wow, Neil. Yeah. So long ago. Over 20 years ago. <laughs> I know. You went to work for the Pace Wildenstein? No, that was before. I, were, I went to do an internship at Pace Wildenstein before. And then actually when I moved to New York, I went to work. At, I was an assistant mm. in a, in a, like in a stylist photographer's agency called Art Department. So yeah. I was an assistant to the styling division. Right. Rubbish assistant. Mm. And then I did, yeah, really rubbish. And then I did, um, 
in my lunch breaks and at weekends, I went to all loads of thrift stores everywhere. I was very obsessed with it. I'd come back from my lunch break with bin liners of clothes every single day. Mm. And I really got passionate. And then I did Cheap Date out there. Yeah. Me and Kira did an issue of Cheap Date. And we did about four issues of Cheap Date out there. And we did interviews with Debbie Harry. It was fun. It was a fun time. Yeah. Because Cheap Date, was that was around the time when I met you. Yeah, I didn't probably. really know yes. you. Yes, yes. But um, I know with like... The models, Karen Elson, yes. Arian, they were all there at the time, weren't they? Yes. And I know they modelled a lot of you in Cheap yes, Date, didn't they? Yes, they were great. They were yeah. so supportive. They did a lot. Yeah, and through them, I remember meeting you. I mean, I never did anything for Cheap Date, but that was... Because I was trying to remember when did I very first meet you, and it was then. And I remember we went and had a coffee or lunch yeah, or something with Lucky the girls. Strike. Lucky Strike, yes. And um, so the idea behind Cheap Date was just all thrift... Yeah, it was more than that. It was more of a lifestyle. It was more of a philosophy of independence, of not being a sheep. Yeah. Of doing things for yourself. The love of dressing up because you loved it. Yeah. And the idea of clothes being this empowering Mm. thing that that was cool in a really, in a way that was not in a dictatorial way. Mm. It was was anti-fashion. Yeah. It was anti-fashion. It was not in the sense of... It was about finding your own style and having that independence. And not Which being, in a weird you know, way, though, is fashion, isn't it? Which is, it was, except that you're not, you're not, the whole point about cheap date was, or that philosophy was that you would, you find your own, own style, style. And yeah. you didn't, and it wasn't about money. It just wasn't about money. Yeah. And also, we did feel quite strongly, and I did the fake adverts. City mm. Saint Laurent became Salvation Army, and Prada became poached, and Burberry became borrowed. Yeah. And I did feel really strongly, and I, and I still do. I loved those. They so, were so Yeah, yeah they were fun. You know, there's a huge amount of brainwashing involved, you know, to all the kind of the amount of money that goes into branding. And listen, mm. it is what it is, but let's recognise it. Yeah. You don't have to subscribe to it. And Cheap mm. Date was about celebrating the other side yeah. of clothes, mm. of it not being about that. Yeah. It was about having fun in mm. a really in a really stylish cool empowering way yeah because I remember when I first went to New York obviously I went with Corinne Day photographer and Corinne was obsessed with the thrift stores and I know her and Melanie they used to go what was that one Dom's warehouse do you uh, remember in there in Brooklyn I remember I went there with Corinne and was so like oh my god where do you even start in this place mm. and it's funny isn't it because in the 90s I actually when I was thinking about talking to you, I realised a lot of those early stylists like Melanie, Kathy Castrine, Anna Coburn, Jane Hale, they dabbled in that side of it too, didn't they? Where they would pull things from thrift stores or secondhand shops as we call them here. Now they're called vintage shops, aren't they? But then they went on to do more like fashion fashion, these people. And, you know, whereas you really stuck to that thrift store yeah, thing and funny. continued doing that that's yeah it's funny that you say that because you're probably you are right you know maybe I should have gone more into fashion fashion but I think that I there's just always been a part of me that's just felt that you can pick up your own stuff I've never I've 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 always felt that yeah and whether I kind of 
sort of, I've actively wanted to implement that, mm. but I've always, it's just what I grew up with. It's so deep embedded mm. in how I feel about clothes yeah. that I would probably find it hard to shift yeah. purely like about fashion. Mm. I've done plenty of fashion stories without vintage in them. Yeah. It always, I always think of, always goes back to that, that mm. sense of freedom, of eclecticism, it's like a sense of chaos probably. Yeah. But of that excitement. Mm. And it's slight reinvention, isn't it? Because you're taking something that was however old and going, I'm going to wear this now. I'm going to reinvent it. I'm going to put it with this. I'm going to put it with that. I'm going to, you know, you're literally, I mean, recycling for want of a better yeah. word, isn't it? Yeah. Really? Something totally. that was there before. You also did another magazine, didn't you? Which was... Um, pages. Yes. Did that after, yeah. That came about because we were like, oh, should we do Cheap Date? And then again, and then... Why did Cheap Date sort of end because it's a good question because we just both wanted to do different things it just sort of came to a natural end yeah, you know Kira yeah. maybe had a baby it just and also there was sort of no money in it and maybe if we'd been like hip to making money it would have been you know you could have vice we were doing cool shit for it but it just that's just how it worked out yeah. and sort of no regrets mm. because it just was at that time yeah, yeah we did fan pages um God, which we have, we didn't do. Well, I'm still thinking of doing another issue where I've got some to. I've I've got some good submissions, but it was an idea. Basically, um, we were thinking about content, and then we were talking about oh, we should just have a fan page, and it could just be like Patty Smith, just like a like a pinboard because we mm. because we're a fan, and then it became fan pages. So yeah, it became this idea of one page fanzines, different people mm. sharing the love. <laughs> yeah, basically. of who those women are, really, isn't it? Yeah. Who are amazing and like complete style icons, and it's interesting that people still look to them now. I think, you know, all all these years later, totally. um, people, I still go on shoots and they go, "Well, oh, people, go, oh, it's a bit Patty Smith, it's a bit, you oh know." Oh you must have heard <laughs> lots yeah, of times. Yeah. I mean, I mean people, I'm always... people don't say Jane Birkin anymore. <laughs> <laughs> she got a bit exhausted, didn't she? Bless her. Bless her. I actually, again, was thinking about when we met and stuff, and I realised I probably met, properly met you, on a Mario Testino shoot where you were actually the model. <laughs> didn't love um, that day. No, I know. I remember didn't we've talked about day. it since, and you've always said to me you didn't love that day, and you yeah. were starred I by Katie Brown. Didn't love that day. Which is fair enough. I guess he felt like that, but 
I remember just when I got home, it was that thing if I just burst into tears. Oh, because really? yeah, and I was with Charlotte, my friend Charlotte Tilbury, who did the makeup. Everyone yeah, well, knows yeah. that, but he did the makeup, and she was like, "Oh, don't worry, my darling." She was like, "Well, oh, let's get an Indian." came out and you know what they're they're great they're amazing pictures you know when you look at them now what do you think of them now i just feel like it's just actually it's just it's actually really nice i I, I look at them so rarely but when i do they don't look like me yeah but i think if you put lots of makeup and and put you know the hair was you know very done very done you know i think that you um you can transform anyone i was certainly very transformed i mean when I showed it to a really good friend of mine, he was like, he literally didn't recognise me. Yeah. And for that reason, he wasn't crazy about it because he was mm. like, well, I can't see you. And I'm like, well, that's okay. That's yeah. just, the, you know. It's funny because I just be looked that. at them the Don't, other day. Did you really? Well, yeah, because I wanted to remind myself of what they were obviously working on them as well. And I felt exactly the same. I looked at them and I was like, that is not the Bay Garnet that I know. Really? Yeah. I, I like them. Right. But it, it's not you. But it's funny you say that because I didn't feel like me. Yeah. As well. Yeah. I didn't feel like me. I felt, I felt uncomfortable. I felt like, you know, it's that classic thing of, you know, sample clothes. They, you know, things didn't fit me and that was kind of embarrassing because Mm. you feel then that, you know, you've been a bit of a failure in a way. You know, if the clothes, you're doing a fashion story and you can't wear most of the fashion. Yeah. Um, And Mario, of course, had like always really good looking assistants. (laughs) Anyway, socially, so it's a bit like, hey, yeah. I just want to walk around in woody tights because nothing will go over my ass. Yeah, hi. <laughs> it's a bit like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I well, know. You were there, you were lovely. I, I remember, you know, I remember that thing of having the hair and makeup and then being like, oh, going to the clothes rather that made me, I just wanted the hair and makeup to go along, go on and on and on because that felt safe. Yeah, yeah. You felt safe in our hands. Yeah, I felt like, you know, yeah, exactly. Toss yeah. on my hair, toss on my hair. <laughs> not the rail. Yeah, but nothing's going to fit me. <laughs> yeah. So once you moved back to England then, I know that you became star director for Matthew Williamson, the designer, oh, didn't you? Weird. Yeah, I did. Mm. That was fine, yeah. We were good friends. So yeah. I did quite a lot there, yeah. He was having a moment then, wasn't he? Like yeah. a, it was like he was, he was, he was, was really when he was first starting out, wasn't he? And he was just kind of... He was having a moment. We, we were close and we did, you know, we did we did stuff together. It was a good time. Yeah. You know, it ended. It was good while it lasted. Yeah, yeah. And you also designed a capsule collection for Topshop, didn't you? I did. I did a capsule collection for Topshop, which was really, um, yeah, where I did like secondhand clothes, mm. vintage. I slightly regret that ca- capsule. I sort of didn't stick by my guns. I did more like vintage, vintage, like kind mm. of, like I probably would have done it differently. People weren't really ready at that time for mm. the kind of thrift that I was into, which was punky stuff. And, yeah. and I went, I did more vintage. Yeah. Yeah. What I really loved. So I thought that's what I had to do because I wanted a vintage. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Thought I'd get that across. Yeah, mm. you did it and moved yeah, on, exactly. I guess, right? Yeah. And then you became the contributing fashion editor for British Vogue. Yeah. And again, this is where I met you again, Ooh. because your very first shoot for them, I did with you. Iconic shoot. Iconic it's an shoot. Iconic shoot. Let's just say, in, capital, no. in inverted commas, no. iconic. Iconic. Yeah. <laughs> um, shot by Jürgen Teller, mm-hmm. uh, with obviously supermodel of the century, Kate Moss. 
And you also starred alongside with Anita Pallenberg. Yeah, I mean, I remember Alex took me on. I'd never done a shoot before. So I was just doing cheap date and I got called into Alex's office and she'd seen cheap date and she'd seen these fake adverts and she'd seen the work that I'd done for Matthew Williamson and she said, will you be a contributor? I was like, yeah, all right. Yeah, all right. Did you see that as a challenge, babe? And she asked you. You know what? I was honestly, I was so not really into fashion. I was so into thrift stores that it wasn't, because I wasn't on that trajectory in my head. Mm. It wasn't like, oh my God, Vogue. It was like, oh, this could be cool. But it it hadn't really, honestly, it hadn't really crossed my mind. I was really in another part of the clothes world at that Mm. point. Yeah. And Matthew Williamson, it was coming a bit more on that side. Yeah. Does that make? But I met Matthew Williamson through a cheap date. Yeah. Yeah, and she said, so my first job was actually interviewing Karl Lagerfeld in his house in Paris, which was really fun. I did a big Q&A with him. And then my second job, she said, well, what shoot do you want to do? And I said, well, can I do a shoot with my old clothes mm. and Anita's? And she was like, well, okay. Um, yeah, maybe. And then I remember going to Anita's that night going, oh, God, we can do a shoot with our old clothes. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, and I thought, I remember so well, going to her flat in Tide Street, I had a big band, like, bin liner of clothes that I brought around to show her. And we were like, should we do that one? Yeah. Oh, my God, go do the banana top. Yeah. And, you know, like the famous band. banana top. And I was like, should we? And she was like, I want to do my gold lame. You know, and, and it was just, and we did it. And we did it. You know, and it was, um, I remember Alex Shulman calling me being like, there are no clothes. You haven't called it any clothes <laughs> for the shoot for many advertisers. There were no clothes in the office. And I was like, God, yeah. how do you do that? I had never route. done a shoot before. So that was my first shoot. Yeah, yeah. But weirdly, yeah, like weird. we just said, became such an iconic shoot, didn't it? I mean, I've read, I want to know your opinion on this. I read that it inspired an entire Chloe collection. Would you agree with it that? It did. Yeah. Because it had that banana top, it had the woven belt, it had the that the shorts. I mean, I think that picture, I think that mm. the one of Kate and that, yeah, with those little booties. Yeah, I mean, I mean, listen, that's not for me to really answer, but it would be apparent that it inspired quite a bit of a Clemmy collection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was inspiration, wasn't yeah. it? Really, which is a, well, obviously, almost like really a great thing for you and Anita because somebody's going actually we loved what you did and we've you know what I mean to take that and then yeah be inspired by well, it so it was really great because I wasn't in fashion I didn't go thinking oh I need to just think about what trends are I didn't have a clue I didn't care no you know what what he's gonna tell me what's cool I yeah. don't think so <laughs> like, I have to factor in you know I was very like not I was very, like, almost, mm. nah. Yeah. If, he's, if they're doing that, let's do this. Yeah. And so, in a way, that shoot was a bit different. Like, we did the fake monkey fur, which no one mm-hmm. was doing, that fake monkey. And, you know, because we just, that was, and that's why me and Anita got on so well, is because we did have this shared love of style and of clothes. She had great, not to say that my style was in any way, not that it's good, as good, but, you know, she, we just... We just really had a close vibe together, and yeah. so it was a lovely way to show that. Yeah. Did she work for Cheap Day? Did she do? Stuff she did stuff for Cheap Day. Yeah. Yeah. She interviewed Debbie Harry. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Bless Anita. Lovely and a great Anita, isn't she? Yeah, man? yeah. I love those two days. I remember thinking at the time, these this is bonkers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, no, it was so nutty, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, didn't, we, didn't you lose a ring in the boat? I lost Kate's diamond ring. <laughs> no, it was a nightmare on the, on the boat. And, but we found it. And yeah. Nita found it. She was like, hey, I found it. Yeah, I remember. I remember. I'm a witch. I, like, I love you. <laughs> um, and there's that great picture of you, Kate, and Anita oh, on yeah. the boat, isn't there, as well? Which is, I love uh, that picture. Yeah. Did Jürgen take that? Yeah. Yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah, great picture. How long did you do Vogue for now? Can you think? Like, 17 years. 17 years, yeah. Thanks, Alex. Yeah, yeah, I mean, which was great. I went in 2002 and then I left when she left. Mm, yeah. So I was there right until, mm. you know, and um, I went to, I did amazing trips. I mean, we went to We've Cuba. Been, yeah. Where else Cuba, did we go? Sweden. That amazing that island in Sweden. Yeah. That story was really nice. Yeah, wasn't with it? Lily Donaldson. So yeah. Nice, I know. I mean, I love that place in Sweden. Oh, oh, it was was good. What was it called again? There we were. Oh God, what was it? It's going to drive me mad. St- um, Fura and Gotland. Gotland, that's it. Yeah, really beautiful. And we went to went to Cuba. Yeah, we did it. Yeah, I feel so lucky to have been able to have done those sorts of trips. Yeah, yeah. You know, when we, you look back at those pictures now, do you love them now? Love them. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Love them and feel, as I say, feel privileged, mm. you know, to have had other people paying to go and take pictures. I mean, how nice is that? Yeah, I know. <laughs> right? In these amazing places as well, right? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I feel like, well, I feel, I love them and I also think, God, that was really mm. lucky us. Yeah. And both those trips are with, were with your husband, Tom. I know. When did you meet Tom? I met him about... Yeah, 12 years ago, when mm. he was doing a lot of work for more charitable work. He did a lot of work with Metal Sans Frontier and US, UNHCR. Mm. And I met him, actually, with Charlotte Tilbury and friends. And I'd just been like, dumped by somebody. And we were all going convoy somewhere. And Charlotte pulled up. Charlotte was like, come on, darling, we're late. And I was <laughs> in such a bad mood. And I, I looked over my balcony and I was like... And I was like... And we got in the car. I, was like, I looked at my balcony and I was like, I don't want a car! <laughs> <laughs> and so I went down and we were in the car Charlotte was in my car and there was another convoy Tom was driving another convoy and right. we were all going down to this party and I was like so who's um, you know who's the Indiana Jones guy <laughs> because he was looked like Indiana Jones he yeah, was like wearing Carhartt and he was going to Cambodia or something the next day have to say so handsome yeah and like you know it's funny I'm going to ditto that he's so handsome <laughs> time I met him, I remember being like, wow, Bay is back really? to get one here. This is oh, that's so cute. <laughs> yeah, he's lovely though as well. Oh, he is Tom. lovely. He's a yeah. good guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So then, you know, then so then we started doing stuff for Vogue because, because we did. Um, weirdly, I didn't put him forward. I would have felt uncomfortable doing that. But mm. Alex really liked his work and I was doing a documentary style story. So we did a story in LA with Amber Valletta, mm. which has also turned out to be quite a shoot that people like. Road trip story with Amber Valletta in Joshua Tree. Mm. Like it looks like a little movie stills. It was a cool story, actually. Mm, I remember that one. Yeah. Do you know that one? Yeah. 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 And now I'm fashion director. My friend Laura Weir, who's at Vogue, went to be the editor of the Evening Standard magazine, and she said, "Would you come and be here with me, fashion Mm. director?" So it's been I've been really lucky, actually, because it went straight to that, which is great—a whole different thing Mm. from Vogue. I love it. To me, it's it's very me in the sense that it's London. Yeah. It's free. It's more Z. I don't know. It's just, it feels... Less rules? 
Yes, rules and just like I love the fact that it's free. I love the fact that it's London, and mm. you know, and yeah. I think that she's done a brilliant job. Mm. It is a magazine, isn't it? As a supplement that you want to get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking out for it every because it's. Are you really? Yeah. Oh God, yeah. Yeah, she's done a brilliant job. Yeah, she really has. Really great job. I think Clever it's girl. a magazine. I'm, I know I like picking up, and I don't think yeah. it's. It's neither. It's kind of neither male, female, or whatever. Is yeah, it? It I just know. Is what it is, and. But I think it's the kind of magazine you want to pick up and have a look at, which is great for yeah. a free supplement. Totally. You know? Which is great. Yeah. But how often do you work for that now? Brent? I do. Different. I mean, I did a, I'm doing some going to LA to do something next week, week after. And then I did something for the fashion edition. So, you know. Yeah. I don't have a, a fixed thing, but mm. I went to Paris. So, yeah, I mean. Yeah. Different stuff, yeah. Mm. Usually covers if I'm doing something. Yeah, yeah. So cut to... Oh, one other thing, actually. Yeah. Your MIH jeans collection. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I didn't know you'd done that, actually. Yeah, I did, actually. It was Mm. really fun. I I got asked to do a collaboration Mm. to design a capsule. So it was great. Yeah. Because you're doing that without having to do the production. Mm. You know, they've got all the kind of resources. So, yeah, that was a good... And then I did another one. Sold all right. And I did another one. Oh, right. Yeah, so you've done three two. now, yeah. too. Yeah. Oh, amazing. And where is that available? Well, it's done now because it, it was for one season. Just, it right. was for, like, it came out as a season. Do you yeah. see what I mean? Yeah. So it was like a, like a small capsule collection that and then it goes. came and yeah. went. Yeah. Okay. By the way, I just remembered the other day, too, when... You and I went to Scottish Borders to Stella's house, and you were actually the photographer. <laughs> Another amazing oh, couple of days you did away. Did that with us? That yeah. was so lovely of you. That was so nuts. That was for British Vogue. That was for British Vogue. I remember being like, "Well, Alex, can I just go and take Stella's picture?" And she was like, "Um, okay." Yeah. And then I never get her after. She was, we had looking at the board of all the, you know, in the editors, you have that, in the art room, you have all the pictures in that shoot. And she was like, thank God for your shoots and colour and light or something mm. like that. And I was like, <laughs> But she said to me, look, I did have 12 pages to put something else in in case it hadn't worked. I love Alex. Good on her for letting me do it. It's actually a really good shoot, even though I say mm. so myself. Mm. And wasn't Stella great? Yeah. Brilliant. So fabulous, wasn't she? Yeah. So up I mean, for I it. I love Stella anyway. I've got yeah. like a big, um, big heart for Stella. Me too. To big say. heart for Stella. She's one of the first models I met when really? I first started working. Yeah, the third shoot I was ever on, Stella was one of the models, and she was only. I think she'd only was on like her fourth or fifth shoot. Wow. So we kind of just sort of bonded a little bit, and you know. And obviously, I've seen her over time, years and years gone by, and we keep working together. But I just love her as a person. She's a wonderful person. Yeah. Because I like how real she is. She's real and so funny and original and mm. yeah I, yeah and a doer and a, I, it's so yeah. many good things I mean yeah. I really love her to bits yeah, yeah. so Bay, cut to your recent show during London yes. Fashion Week Oxfam Oxfam um, and yeah. it's funny because I want to quote something here that I read that you said your father always used to say that you've always got to have a project oh <laughs> yeah. oh so sweet yeah. oh I'm going to cry <laughs> yeah and this is like another project for you, isn't it, really? Yeah, I'm really passionate about it, actually. Yeah. You know, so Oxfam came to me a few years ago and they said, would you do a show for us? And I said immediately, I said, no, uh, 
No, I, I thank you, but I don't think so. I remember feeling really weirdly quite defensive and mm. really... And then it was really weird. I put the phone down and I thought, what are you talking about? You don't want to do a show for Oxfam? Mm. And I called back and I said, oh, I'd really like to do a show, I think. Can we meet? And she was like, can we meet? So anyway, I think that's how it went. Mm. I think that I was very, like, not into it for some reason initially. I don't know. I think it scared me. The whole. Mm. I don't know. And then once I once I realised I was doing it, I was just so into it. Mm. So I did it, and I did it two years ago. So that was the first one. So was that was the first one, and that was uh, you know it was great. It was small. It was great. Um, Stella was in it. Stella opened it. I can't I can't remember who else. I had Erin mm. did it brilliantly. She was my bride, and <laughs> you know. And then I was going to do it a year later, and then all these stuff came. All the allegations came out. All the all the stuff about Oxfam. I was very oh, upset yeah. actually because I had it all done and dusted the show and mm. and it, and then I got a call on that the show's had to be on the Thursday and on the Monday they just said that we just can't do it. Mm. I was so disappointed. That's... I want to speak to the director. <laughs> <laughs> I want to speak to someone. You have to do it because yeah. it was like it was just it was it's done. Yeah. Anyway, sad, it's it really sad. Is, it's really yeah. sad, but it didn't. But we did it a year later. Mm. And so I did it in London Fashion Week just now, and um, it's a great cause. It's fashion fighting poverty, and it's about showing people that you can just get great things from Oxfam. Mm. And actually, if you look at the show that I did, there's a bit of Celine in there. Can this Celine that seventies thing? The, mm. the, there's a bit of Gucci. You can do what you want. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. The fabrics might not be the same. It's there for the taking. The style yeah. element. And I think that it's it's great. It's called Fashion Fighting Poverty. And it's about basically the objective of the show is to raise awareness that shopping Oxfam's online shopping has gone up so much. Mm. And it's about raising that awareness. You know, I, I, I don't want to get this wrong because Oxfam will be cross with me. and uh, But I believe, and I could have this wrong, that 85 pence of every pound that you spend at a clothes shop of Oxfam online goes directly to aid on the ground mm. and I went to Jordan quite recently I went to Senegal with them last January where I saw the amazing work they do out there in mm. Senegal and West Africa and I just went to Jordan to Zatri refugee camp and you go there and you see the water tanks with Oxfam you see the work mm. and it's really amazing and I also you know, really believe, like we all do, that, you know, we're reaching breaking point with the amount of product that we all consume. God, yeah. yeah. And so Oxfam has this wonderful thing of being recycled, you know, your use secondhand, mm -hmm. and the money that you're spending is going to help other people, to yeah. help the poorest people in the world. Mm -hmm. So I am, it's become something that I feel really... Quite passionate yeah. about. Yeah, I do, actually. Mm. Yeah, I do. How long did it take you to put the show together? It's quite hard work, like I, anything. Yeah, where do you pull the I, things from? Yeah, I like, go where to do the you warehouse. start? <laughs> I go to, they've got two big warehouses. Mm. One in Yorkshire and one in Batley. In um, Milton Keynes. I don't know. So I go there and then I make my selection and then it all comes here. And how long does that take, mate, to do that? Well, and then I start editing it, you know, putting mm. it together. And, you know, it's, it's yeah. And actually, I was really lucky this time. I had great people. I did, you know, Yasmin the Bond did it. Stella did it. Emily Sande did it. Mm. 
you know, I had great people doing it. Lottie Moss did it. You know, and it was just, it, it, it was good. I want to do it next year. Mm. And I want to, I want it to make more noise. I want it to make even more noise because mm. it, it deserves to be heard. It deserves to be seen. Mm. Not just from what Would I Would you do. say it was successful then? The well, you know, you I'm, I'm a bit like, I'm the first person to self-criticise and I'm the first person to be like, it could have been bigger, it could have been better. So... Was it successful? I've spoken to Oxfam and they've said that they're pleased with it and they're really pleased with it. And But for me, I want it to be bigger and better. Hmm. So bigger as in just a bigger... More people. More people. I want it to make more noise because yeah. I believe really passionately that that's where we have to... We have to be less... We have to consume less stuff. Yeah. And I believe... No, secondhand is... I've always believed it, that secondhand is a great option. Yeah. And so in a way... That Oxfam show was such a kind of, it was such a lovely platform for me to pour whatever creativity or whatever passion I've had for thrifting over the years to really mm. pour into that show. Yeah. To put stuff together, to make looks, mm. you know, to make arc. Oh, so Gucci that <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, this is so Calvin Klein, 1990s. Yeah, yeah. You know, we have a really good time. Yeah. Because we're free. Yeah. And it goes back to that cheap day spirit of freedom. Yeah. And a feeling, well, who's judging me? Yeah. I, you want to judge me? That's fine. You go and judge yeah. me. I'm doing this and I'm enjoying it. Mm. And there are no rules. That's the rule. There are no, no rules. rules. Yeah. And I suppose what's brilliant as well is you can literally send down that runway whatever you want. Doesn't have to even totally one outfit doesn't have to be yeah. good next to the other, does totally. it? It's, it's all totally. and it goes back to that individualism thing totally. as well, doesn't it? Where and it gives you absolute legislation to do that, yeah, to be eclectic, to be like, who's making the rules here? Yeah. Having said that, I in my I can only do it on the basis of if I think it's good, mm. and if I think it's good enough, then that's what it's going to have to be. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, totally. You know, I mean, obviously, it's got great taste. <laughs> <laughs> that goes without saying. <laughs> no, I'm not saying. It's like, hey, let's get that amazing thin liner. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I think what I do is try and do is I do archetypes. Hmm. So you've got, I did like a kind of the hippie from, I mean, whatever, like, you know, you, yeah. you've got to work with some kind of visual structures in your head. <laughs> of you course, know. yeah. Otherwise but yeah, but within shop, that, it? it was great fun. And I love yeah. doing it and I love the people at Oxfam. And it's been a lovely, I feel, again, I feel really privileged to have been asked to be involved in it. Mm. So when you say you want to do another one, is the plan to do one like seasonal? No, yearly. Because it's, it's a lot of money. You know, yeah. it's not a lot of money, but... You know, it's it's still quite a big thing, folks. Found you know, it's still um, yeah, yearly. Mm. So do one next February. Yeah, touch wood. I mean, it hasn't it's not definite, but I've said that I would like to do that. Yeah. So you put you put it out there. I put it the out universe. there. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. And what? So what's next for you? Will you babe? do the hair? I'd love to do the hair. Really? Oh my god! Absolutely. God, I'd love yeah. you to do the hair. Yes. Okay, so that's a deal. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. High Great. five to that. <laughs> um, I'm going to do a podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, you know, I've got, I have got, you know, it's a good question. I have got some plans. It's funny, actually, or ideas. It's funny. I've always felt kind of ambivalent about talking about stuff mm. until I've done it. Yeah. Because I get, I don't talk something up and then... Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, babe, I'm exactly the same. No. I don't like talking something up until it's actually there to talk up about. I have lots of ideas going on in my head, but 
I'm not that I'm secretive, but I just I hate to have all these ideas and blurt them out, and then people go, "How's that going?" You go, "Totally." Oh, actually, that's yeah. And not then you're like, "Oh God, I." F-. And then you feel bad, yeah. You know, so in a way, it's like talk. I have got stuff. You know, I have like we all have. You know, like as you know, got stuff in the pipes and stuff. Podcast first. Yeah, I do podcast. <laughs> listen to me. Yeah. I'll listen to you. Oh, will you? <laughs> well, I've sat and listened to you on shoots. Oh, yeah. I know. You have it, but I know. And you know that it's funny because people said to me, why have you called it In Bed with Neil Moody? And I was like, well, not only have I nicked the name from Madonna, but I've also actually, the reason being is because everybody I'm interviewing, I've worked with most 99% of the people and I've travelled with them. And most often, when we're in a hotel, you sit on someone's bed in their room and chat. Totally. And you talk about all sorts of things because it's so relaxed. Mm. You just sort of talk about, you know, you'll be, and something will just come up. You'll be like, yeah, I love how sort of, well, and with you, it's just like so relaxed. Like, I might not see you for a long time, but then I see you on a shoe and it's like, hey, and it's just the same as if. Yeah. It was yesterday. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I think that's exactly. It's like being in bed. It's like that. It's like it's totally sport. chill. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, I almost called it on bed on the bed with Neil Moody. I think it's really good in bed. I, yeah. I think it's a really good. Story. Yeah. Someone said to me, "No, do in bed with Neil Moody." Yeah. Because it's... Cause also it's that take on the don, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really good. Sorry, match, but you know. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> You're leading the way. Okay, oh, baby. Listen, darling. we're done with the main questions. I've got some very, I do this everyone, some yeah. very quick rapid fire questions for just for a bit Nothing. of fun at the end. So, um, number one, what's your favourite food? Oh, Indian sushi. Really? Uh, I love sushi. I oh, love Indian. What's yeah. your favourite food? Am I allowed to ask you? Yeah, sushi. If I was given the choice, I would eat sushi every day. I love sushi. I love it. Love, love, love. What's your guilty pleasure? Thrift store shopping, probably. Probably, you know what? Honestly, probably like falling for something. I'm a hypocrite here, but falling for like an expensive bag. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I've always yeah. been a bit of a sucker for a you know a that's studded right. Gucci handbag. Sorry. Yeah, that's right. yeah. Yeah. Do you have a daily beauty regime? No. No. I don't really wear makeup not because I don't feel like I need to. I, you know, I love, I love how I look with makeup. Like if I had my makeup done, I'm like, oh, I wish I could. Do. I'm not particularly good at it. No, I don't. No, no. Moisturizer and that's it. Yeah. What's your favorite place to eat in London? I like my local pub, the Anglesey Arms. I really like that. I love the Wolseley. Mm. Wachaka. What's it called? This Japanese place that I, me and my family go to for a treat. Mm. Yeah, so a few places. We don't eat up a lot, actually, but no. we've got a few treats, yeah. Who would you like to play you in a film of your life? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> this is a funny one, because people always go, oh, do I sound really egotistical if I say so-and-so? I know, Drew Barrymore, because people used to say to me, oh, my God, has anyone ever told you? You're like Drew Barrymore. Oh. I was like, really? That's so cute. So, Drew, over yes. to you, baby. Oh, I can see Drew oh, no, playing you, because so I've fun. met her as well. Oh, have you? Yeah, I, I mean, I've done her hair. Yeah. I don't I, think, yeah. She'd be great playing you, actually. I want to, I mean, you know. No, I'd be love great. Anyway, yeah. yeah. What's your best feature or personality trait? Oh, my gosh. I think that, I think that I'm definitely not mother of the year, but I think that I, I do have a hell of a lot of love for my children. Mm. Like... Almost every parent. I don't think. I don't think that makes me special. But um, 
I think that I I do like I do find some myself surprised by my god the capacity you know, how much love I feel for them mm. and I hope that I express that lovingness to them yeah along with all the kind of other you know <laughs> stuff that isn't probably as good but I do think that's probably mm. the thing that I maybe do best yeah did that take you by surprise then when you had them yeah I just love them just to bits but I mean I think that that's just, I think any mother. I think I don't think that makes me special that mm. I think that's normal as a parent but it's something that I feel I feel that I do love them very yeah. I feel like I love them as, as well mm. you know yeah that's super sweet what makes you annoyed being left housework no I mean what makes me annoyed lots of things make me annoyed actually someone like in the car I nearly get like road rage, <laughs> road rage. yeah that makes me annoyed People yeah Silly things make me annoyed. The stuff that shouldn't make me annoyed make me, mm. makes me annoyed. Mm. Meat or veggie? Veggie. Thrift or designer? Oh, a bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> when was the last time you cried? This morning. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I dropped my son off at an exam he was doing and I saw him. I looked over, he's sitting the scholarship and it's really hard and I saw him in the room and he didn't want to sit it and I caught his eye in this big hall and he went and he looked up at me and I saw the people going, right, we just got there in time and he looked up at me and he sort of gave me this bracing smile and it just like, oh, oh you know? God, got to yeah, you. Like this yeah. brave smile that was like, yeah. I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a favourite film? Have to be Pretty in Pink or Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Mm-hmm. And last question, have you ever done anything illegal? Neil, maybe. <laughs> I'm going to leave it at that, all right? <laughs> Do you want to know one of mine? Not that I've done loads of things illegal, but I have. We've all done things a little bit, yeah, you know, yeah. a little bit naughty. I, yeah. I, <laughs> I was on holiday once in Spain, in Barcelona. I was quite young, in my 20, early 20s, and I... Um, Got very drunk one evening and I decided to pee in the doorway of a bank. And as I turned around, there were two police. <laughs> <laughs> that is yeah. so funny. And I oh, got you a ticket. Oh, rocker, you. Right? So yeah, like yeah. crazy. Oh and I got a ticket and it was brilliant because obviously they wrote it in sort of like Spanglish. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. And um, it... I can't remember how much I had to pay. It was in Pesetas, so that's how long ago it was. But uh, basically, yeah. on it, it said, PP in street. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you kept that. I, I hope. have. Did you really? It. Yeah, because it just made me laugh. <laughs> oh my God, that is so funny. I yeah. love it. What's his name? What's the mafia boss called, Neil? You know, like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Watch out, is all I can say right, to him. Right, right. Yeah. What's the, I have, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, illegal... We've moved on from that, haven't we? Yeah, you don't have to answer it. <laughs> well, I don't think, you know, I think, um, I don't think I have done anything particularly no, illegal. nothing terrible. Nothing terrible. No. I hope not. No. I think it's more about... You're a law-abiding citizen. Yeah, both, I don't know. Yeah, it's funny, <laughs> isn't it? It's like, there's, what's illegal morality? You know what I mean? It's yeah, like, yeah. like, I think, I don't think I've done anything illegal, actually. Yeah. Well, that's my most. Well, that's one of my illegal things. But that's a really good illegal thing. <laughs> that's really good. Yeah, I mean, what have street. I done? I'm sure I've done like car things. I'm sure I've driven up one-way streets, mm. and you know. Yeah, that's what I mean. We've all done. Yeah. That. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Anyway, 
That is it, babe. Oh, Neil, thank, thank you. you. That was so nice. Oh, good. Are we still on? You're, you're so good at it, Neil. Am I? Oh. You're so good. Thank you. Got a real gift, Brett, because you, you make it so much, you make it so Just easy relaxing, and relaxing and like yeah. a real pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, babe, so much. Thank, thank you. you. Neil, so much. <laughs> How long were we? Um, I don't know, actually. Thank you for listening to In Bed with Neil Moody. If you want to get in bed with me again and another of my guests, then you can subscribe to my podcast on all the regular platforms to ensure that you don't miss an episode. There are other episodes already available to listen to if you want to hear more straight away. Thanks for listening. Hold up. 